Welcome to the Nifty Podcast presented by Partyfish Media, a showcase of the best emerging filmmakers under the age of 25 from all over the world. Film starts here at Nifty 2022 in Seattle, Washington. Hi everybody, my name is Robert Bohorkas. I'm part of the programming team for Nifty 2022. Um, and today I'm sitting down with the director of a film that's in our centerpiece screening at the festival this year called Aziz. Uh, Ramil, would you care to introduce yourself? Yeah, hi. I'm Ramil Petros. I'm <laughs> the director of Aziz. Yeah, um, it's great. To, it's great to have you. Thanks for coming and uh, taking some time to sit down and talk more. Um, and yeah, uh, do you want to start? Just tell us like a little bit of summary logline of the of the film for folks that maybe haven't heard it yet or seen it yet. Yeah. Um, so the film um, is about three um, Iraqi men during the 1980s Iran Iraq War on their way to a military base to identify mm-hmm. their childhood best friend's body. And so it's kind of a coming-of-age drama that um, yeah, follows them kind of in this this horrific, life-changing day. Yeah, it's kind of um, like this, I don't mean to... <laughs> it's kind of a road trip movie, too, but yeah. <laughs> also like not with a fun... like it's, it's a pretty dour just situation, but because um, I think ro- road trip evokes like, we're going on a road trip, but it's... It kind of starts out fun when they're, pl- yeah. they're playing soccer, and then it gets to a place of not fun. But um, yeah, anyways, um, and this is uh, was based on a story from your father, right? Yeah, um, it's something that um, I had heard in passing when I was younger. He had kind of um, we were looking at family photos, and um, yeah. there's kind of like a, a photo of he was like, "Oh, these were my best friends," and I was like, "Oh, like where are they now?" And he's like, "I'm not <laughs> totally sure." Oh, um, just because obviously. When the war happened, they all kind of spread apart. This was like pre-Facebook days, sure. um, and so um, he um, he had no, he had told me that one of them had died when they were um, my age, right. um, and um, that it was he was in college, and his um, best friend's mother asked him and his friends to go identify because it was during a war, so they didn't actually know if he was dead. He was mm-hmm. missing, and so they needed someone to kind of go through, look through the bodies, and if he was there, bring him back. Um, wow. And so they. The mother obviously didn't want to do that, so she asked uh, my dad and his friend to do that. Um, and I was probably, I don't know, an annoying teenager at the time. And I was like, oh, sounds rough, okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Tough break, Dad. <laughs> Tough break. Um, and, uh, yeah, so then something, uh, I think when I was older, um, when I was in college, I was like, yeah. oh, I'm 21 now. And this was, like, the age that my dad went and did this horrible thing. And yeah. I was like, I'm, like... Like, the worst thing that happens to me is, like, when the L train is supposed to show up and it's too full and then, like, you can't get on and it's, like, yeah. ruined my next day, like, four hours. And I'm, like, oh, like, what total opposite, ex- like, experiences we've had of, like, what, like, actual, like, trauma or pain or, like, something that mm-hmm. is And I was, like, I don't I don't know how um, people who kind of are growing up in places like that where they yeah. kind of have to deal with that at such a young age do that. And I was, like, oh, like, I was kind of, like a lucky green card away from that being my life. Um, And so it was just kind of coming to terms with being like, oh, I'm, uh, I don't know, maybe it was like narcissism of being like, how can I make this about me? But (laughs) um, yeah, it kind of just felt like um, making this film like at the same age was like something that kind of spoke to me. Was it, did it feel like almost like a rite of passage for you? Kind of in that way? Yeah, it kind of just felt like the right time to make that film, I think. Right. I mean, predominantly before this, I was making, like, weird comedies. Sure. <laughs> um, and so, obviously, this was, like, a tone shift, but it was just kind of, like, I kept thinking about that road trip, and I was like, what would that have looked like? Yeah. Um, like, 
like not knowing it like because obviously you're hoping that they're wrong and that he's just like missing an sure. action or that he's defected the, and left the country or something right, right. um and so there's like that kind of like glimmer of hope until like there isn't and mm-hmm. i was like I don't, I don't know how i would deal with that right um, and it kind of helps answers some questions about your parents i think <laughs> yeah yeah where where you're like um just like oh the the life you've led has yeah. been like you just want you just like admired the strength of their of their emotional strength and where they're at now and yeah uh, where, where when you kind of came back to the story, right? You're revisiting it to actually like develop um, the, the the film. Was there how much research was involved? Like, what was that development process like? Was there like a re-interview with your with your dad? Like, how was all that? Yeah, so um, that was kind of funny. Um, the the only parts I knew about the story were that he had he had heard about it in college and had to go on this trip, and yeah. that. Um, they didn't have a car they had to like rent a taxi and go oh. and then like they had to tie the casket to the top of the taxi and drive back um <laughs> and that was the only thing i knew and yeah. and so i kind of um didn't want to ask my dad about it i didn't tell him i was making the film for a long time oh okay <laughs> i don't know if that was i mean in my head i was like oh it's because i um don't want it to like influence i guess like the story part, um, oh, just because sure. I, I felt like I wanted to write the story. Um, where like all of a sudden, more details would where he's like he's like oh don't forget this, yeah because I piece of it or something yeah I knew um, I I didn't want to just I I know sometimes it's hard to once you know what actually happened it's hard to write oh, away from, from that it. yeah mm-hmm. it's it's like once you know the truth it's hard to kind of imagine the truth I guess yeah, um, yeah. and so I wanted to kind of respect the process and then part of me was also I think I felt a little bad about it like I felt like I was like, exploiting my father's oh, tragedy in mm-hmm. some ways um, I don't know as I um, also I very rarely talk to my parents because as soon as you tell them about a film it's like when's it going to be done for oh, two yeah. years <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I like to mention it when I when it's like oh I can show this to you in a couple weeks sure sure <laughs> Um, have they have have your parents seen it at this point? Yeah. Now? So mm-hmm. um, so basically, I I wrote a few. I did a lot of research, kind of about the war and kind of like what like resources would exist at the time mm-hmm. and like like um, I I knew that like these military operations were done like in the middle of the desert, like on borders where there weren't towns. So it's like right. oh, there's not like a lot of electricity. Like these are like the morgues are in trucks. They're not like in buildings. Yeah. Like if they have a morgue, like if they have a refrigerator truck, things like that. So um. I wrote the script, and then once I was getting ready to shoot it, I um, I sent it to my dad and had him read it, and and we kind of talked about it, and he um, added to it in really great ways, mm-hmm. and he was um, he was yeah, it was kind of a fun process to like be there, and he told me a yeah. lot of things that honestly helped with kind of like the direction of the characters, just kind right. of like because he can give you like the kind of like the play by play of like what emotion is happening yeah. kind of when they're doing a lot of that and so that was really great and he actually helped um translate the script to arabic oh because um, okay. it was written in english because that's mm-hmm. what i know <laughs> yeah so um that actually um gets right to i was so curious about working with the cast on this and um kind of uh, there there is like this um the, ca- the characters are so are so specific you really see it in the traffic stop um, where there's um, you know the guy in the back seat and the two and there and there's the the driver is kind of like okay like like barely giving the guard like the time of day and I don't know for someone who does not experience military like routine traffic stops ever I, I was just like how are you just like 
is like I'm curious about just that that experience of re- relating that reality to like uh, a, a modern audience that is not also living in those conditions. So like that whole development process and working with the actors to make that seem real and um, and lived in was something I was really curious about. So if you could talk a bit about that, that'd be yeah. Cool. Um, I mean, the casting process for this was was difficult just because um, the pool of um, Arabic Middle Eastern actors is is smaller, mm-hmm. um, and uh, we were really lucky. We we kind of did like a wide casting where it was like Facebook groups and like emails right. to like churches and mosques and just different oh, wow. areas of like kind of like what we were looking for. Um, uh, one of the actors is like a sound engineer at like Viacom. He works at wow. like, and he's not a, he wasn't an actor, although he <laughs> is a wonderful actor. Yeah. Um, uh, and one of them was, uh, um, and he, he had actually had a lot of lived experience. He was um, a refugee who had, um, had moved here and had actually done a very similar thing to have to find his cousin's body. Oh, wow. And so it was like, it was kind of like an immediate click with him of like, he knew exactly what, it felt like because yeah. he had done it. Um, wow. And uh, one of the other actors um, was uh, a, a refugee from um, a country. So he also, I mean, he had to flee his country because of a war. Um, and uh, the third actor was um, similar to me. Uh, and his parents had immigrated to the United States and mm-hmm. he had grown up here. Um, and so he was a trained theater actor and he kind of, um, I think, maybe came out of the perspective that was like my lens a little bit uh-huh. of like of having heard about this stuff but not necessarily having it have it affected you right. and so you kind of treat it a little differently and so for me like I was trying to cast the characters um, and that's like 90% of my directing job mm-hmm, is like mm-hmm. finding really phenomenal actors who yeah. are who are playing um, a, what's true to themselves a lot and so um, it kind of makes that process once we're on set of like letting them be themselves a lot easier yeah um and and kind of letting them take that wheel and, and that's kind of i think why they have such distinct personalities is because they've taken what was on the page and made it so much more their own mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um what was something i was thinking about kind of you know they when they once they've gotten to and they're in the truck you know checking checking the bodies um i feel like so much in that scene is said without dialogue it's just so like um, almost from when they roll up the door and like they react to like the smell, and I, it, it, I immediately was just like, you get that somber atmosphere that like immediately like, and and I was just so curious like your um, experience like directing them without dialogue and like okay here's what each of you are working through while this is happening and um while we're you know looking in bags in body bags so just like was it was that challenging was like collaborating with those actors like how much like working through it was there and making those emotions like very real yeah that's a good question i think um it's kind of a lot to do with kind of the environment we're in. I mean, mm-hmm. partially why it felt somber was because the production director had done such a phenomenal job and we were like, like in this truck, we were filming in the desert in the middle of nowhere. Right. And um, I, I think probably the environment helped with a lot of that. Um, a, a lot of what we did in that scene was kind of just like, we, we showed up, um, we hadn't, we blocked it a few times and really just kind of like 
gave um, some cues of talking through like what it was actually like, like um, just keeping in mind that this is like, obviously we're filming in a truck that's like not, it doesn't have real bodies in it. And yeah, so it's just yeah. kind of like reminding them that like, this is a space that's like hot and sweaty and, and, and kind of using a lot of um, cues of like, when you open up this bag, this is like, we, we kind of, I don't want to get descriptive in the podcast, sure. but we gave each bag kind of like a person and we were like in this one, like there's no head and there's like, it's, oh, it's like, wow. like we kind of like gave them, cues when they were looking at something they were reacting to like a specific image in their mind as opposed to just kind of like an empty bag sure um i think that helped a lot um and again i mean just having great actors i mean it went such a long way um for me it was kind of that once we were on the day i mean most of that scene was kind of like getting a couple options because sometimes without dialogue it's hard to tell if something's like an overperformance or an underperformance and so kind of um Especially, you know, you haven't done sound design, haven't done all those other pieces that, that come in to support it Yeah. after you're in post. Yeah. And sometimes I think it's really easy. I mean, I'm sure it does happen where it feels a little melodramatic um, because, uh, I mean, it's just kind of hard to tell. It's and, like mime work or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where, yeah. It There's could kind go of either way. a fine line. And then also like what's too little. <laughs> and um, so playing with that and then also just like pacing of um, there was... <laughs> a sandstorm coming when we were filming that scene and so y'all we, were going through it we were <laughs> we were like trying to we were we had to go quick and we were filming it as a one take which right. is, it's not in the edit because yeah. of well 4k footage and <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> being able to kind of crop it into things like that but um we were so it was like timing and and kind of um level of performance that we were working with yeah wow that's i mean what, that was going to be one of my questions was just the production design and this, you know, it looked, I, I bought it as Iraq. Like it looks, um, it, you know, just arid and like you're, you're dealing with the elements like you probably would be if you were in Iraq. Like, yeah. <laughs> and so the, how big of a production design team did you have? Like getting yeah. all that put in place, you know? Um, I had truly one of the most fantastic production designers ever, Jack Dobbins. And um, it was him and two artists and then like some other people just helping out when things were slow um but uh yeah we went a few months before filming and scouted in like three different states we just like my production designer my dp and my producer got in a car and just like Mm -hmm. drove we like did a bunch of google image searching to see what like could play as iraq um and then just went to a bunch of states and then when we found absolutely nothing we were at um the uh we were at the sand dunes in um, the Mojave Desert and oh, okay. a very kind person we were like hey do you know the area like do you have any suggestions and she was like there's this place called the Salton Sea that's like a receding toxic water wasteland that, like <laughs> is like uh, it was like a man-made lake by accident that like anyways it's it's polluting so everything it's been receding for like 50 years and it's just leaving behind like sand that you can't grow anything in and uh-huh. it's just like hot and it's the desert and so um wow. we went over um to bombay beach we just drove from like we turned around and drove eight hours the other way and um <laughs> it's um a couple hours from palm springs mm-hmm. and it's just kind of this like a a tiny town that's just like trailers and the desert and yeah. um it, like we pulled up and saw like what ended up being our military base like mm-hmm. in the distance and we're like oh we found it <laughs> Um, and my parents actually ended up coming on set and they were like, wow, this like looks just like Iraq besides like there's no stray dogs, right? <laughs> <laughs> like certain parts of it. And so, um, yeah, we were really happy with, 
with the location. It's it's yeah. Bombay Beach. It was a beautiful spot cool. to film in. Man, that's so serendipitous when you can just find like, oh, it's it. This is the spot. Yeah. And yeah. then my production designer like sent me a tons of reference images and things and like he built like the military checkpoint mm-hmm. like and had it he actually like drew up the drawings and then we sent them to my dad who was in California who cut all the pieces. Wow. And then like we brought it and assembled it in um, cool. Bombay Beach because yeah, we were my, I was wondering if that was pre-built or if you all built it. Yeah. Yeah, we were we were producing it we were making this um in new york so we were all new yorkers flying out to california so okay. every now and then we were like sending everything to my parents house like all the pre-pro <laughs> stuff <and> getting, <laughs> i like walked home when i was like getting ready to move everything and my bedroom was just like full of props and yeah. like <laughs> they're like your, your bedroom looks like a morgue it's just yeah. body bags it was like body bags and it was <laughs> um that's so that's amazing um uh, I'm so to go back a little bit. You mentioned that um, most of your experience was in like like comedy shorts before then. So I'm curious, like, what um, other than you know this being like you know a family story and wanting to explore that, like, what drew you to some to to something that was just totally different? And I mean, I feel like there are so many situations just kind of in this film that could have easily you know tipped over into being you know funny rather than you know, serious and, and, um, and sad and sad on the sad end of things. So I'm curious, like what was, cha- what was challenging about that for you? What was like new and exciting as this being your next, the next thing you were working on, like walk us through that. Yeah. I think, um, what was exciting for me is this, this f- films felt really personal. And mm-hmm. so like, I felt more connected to this film, I think that I had previous films. Yeah. Um, it, it was kind of like, I think growing up, it was I kind of like ignored like the Middle Eastern part of my life. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I'm like I go to school in the suburbs. I'm like an American. Like right. I'm like uh, I don't know. Um, and and so this film it was like I spent so much time just kind of like living in like okay, like what am I trying to say about like my like family's home, my like culture. I don't know a lot of yeah. that. Um, and so originally, I I wanted to I, originally this was scripted as I think. Like in my head, it was a comedy drama. Mm-hmm. It was like a comedy that like pivots when you realize what's happening. Yeah. Um. And and kind of like kind of like in a vacuum. Like I wanted like the room to kind of get. Everyone's like, oh, this is yeah, this like is oh. serious, yeah. Um. And and, um. Eventually, kind of, I think a film kind of knows what it wants to be, and so we had to <laughs> right. adjust to kind of I think what the film was in the edit and um, wow. also on set. Um, so I think originally in my head I was like, oh, this is a comedy, and then I directed a drama the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so I I think originally in my head it was intended to kind of be in a, a it felt less of like a pivot, um, but I think uh, when, when you kind of compare the film side by side, it definitely is like, oh no, this is like you could argue two different people made this. Sure. Um, so yeah, I mean for me I, I wanted the audience to kind of I was looking at this as like, okay, how can I make the audience um, understand something that they can truly never understand if they haven't experienced it. And and for me, it was kind of the same thing. I was like, what elements do I understand? Well, like, oh, I've, I've taken a road trip with my friends. I, like, I've, um, you know, been at a gas station or, like, I don't know, I've mm-hmm. popped a tire, things like that, where it's like, I wanted to ground this in, like, and it, it was a foreign language, foreign country, but, like, experiences and dynamics that we're used to. Yeah. Um, just because I think sometimes... Um, foreign or foreign film or rather films or television that depict the Middle East in certain ways and kind of only show it as like 
the unglamorous side, but I'm like, yeah. oh no, like people have fun. Like I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People are still it's, people. Yeah. Yeah. It's not just only refu- only like only refugees or only like war torn cities. Like. <laughs> yeah, that was. Yeah, something I, I was kind of excited to tell. So it ended up becoming more of a drama. Um, mm-hmm. I think in the edit for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but um, hopefully, I mean, I I do. F- the intent is that it's lighthearted until it's not. I guess. Right. Yeah. Which I think I think it totally. I mean, it does. I think. I felt that I definitely felt that moment of like, almost like your your breath being taken out of your mouth, where you're like, oh, this is what this is where we're going. Yeah, um, I'd be cur- I'd be curious what your um, like what advice because we we've gotten a lot of films um, over over the years, but even like more recently, a lot of films are kind of exploring these family s- stories that are period pieces or you know set in the past, um, th- where it was this. Um, kind of just like I'm almost like an exploratory like I want to know more about my like my culture or where my family's from or things like that and so I'm curious like other filmmakers that might be debating do I go for do I go forward with this and I'm aware of this story I want to adapt it to a film or something um I'd be curious like just from your experience what like advice you might have to somebody who is like debating doing it at all or just you know or maybe in the midst of it and like still working on finding the the story um i'd just be curious like from from your perspective like what you think the value of 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 doing of of adapting like family stories and things like that is yeah i mean i think the value for me is like filmmaking is i think like a a masterclass in empathy like all you're doing is is putting yourself in a perspective that you're living in and trying to recreate and show in a visual form. Mm -hmm. And so um, having to live in a space where you're kind of empathizing, if it's about your family specifically, you're, you're empathizing with your parents and, and your, I don't know, your like culture is I think really something that like, I, I hadn't had the space to do that for, a year, two years where you're kind of like when you're working on a film. Yeah. And, um, it definitely, I think made me a lot more comfortable, like talking about being Middle Eastern, like trying to just understand what it meant to me. And, um, Mm -hmm. and also kind of like understanding my parents in a really significant way. I think something that happens with your family is you, you obviously like, you don't know anyone more than you do your family because you spend all this time with them. But a lot of times you actually don't know that much about them because you, how often are you asking your parents about like Like their life story? Deep questions. Yeah. Yeah. Or like, I mean, I, I think I'm often reminded how little I know about my parents before I was existed. Mm -hmm, (laughs) mm -hmm. It's kind of like they didn't exist until I existed. So for me, um, I, I think if you're kind of going into this, um, to talk, to tell a family story, um, kind of living with that empathy just kind of, um, is a really insightful tool and I think makes all your relationships better. Yeah. Um, I think for me, advice I would have, um, it's hard to tell a story well if you have, if you don't necessarily have an experience that's like an equivalent relation to it, because mm-hmm. it's, it's hard to kind of, I thought you're, I, you're kind of like playing pretend a little bit if you're like, sure. if, if, if it's not coming from like an informed space. And so um, you either have to do like a ton of research on that or like surround yourself with the people who do know that experience yeah. with your actors or your, you know, your close confidants or whatever. So mm-hmm. you can really understand that. Um, or you kind of have to find a way to ground it in um, what is your perspective. And so f- I think I could have done a much better job of that 
um, in hindsight <laughs> in 2020 um, vision. But um, I, for me, the parts that I think worked the best were the parts that were grounded in like my experience of like, oh, I've I've been on this road trip. I know what like three friends in a car feels like. I right, know what, right. Um, Some kind of access point to yeah, the story. Yeah. To kind of um, tell it through that lens, I think. Cool. Wow, that's great. Um, uh, as we get we get close to wrapping up here, um, I'm curious what's what's next for you. Are you working on anything right now that you can tell us a little bit about that we can look forward to? Yeah, I'm um, right now. I'm part of a writers directors fellowship um, with the Jacob Burns Film Center. Oh, cool. um, so I've been working on a, it's like a kind of a two semester um, fellowship, and so I'm making two more shorts with them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I've um, I actually just picture locked my um, my last short with them, which is kind of like another Middle Eastern family film a little bit. Yeah. Um, but I think uh, definitely much more lighthearted. Sure. Um, and and so just picture locked on that, and cool. um, it's it's getting ready to. To, um, premiere in, in June and then it's going to do the festival run and then um, right I'm working on my next show I'm in pre-pro on that um, that's filming in June <laughs> so a uh, couple back-to-back projects and, cool um, yeah and then after that I'm uh, moving to LA so someone give cool. me a job <laughs> yeah yeah do it give, give this kid a job <laughs> um, well that's great well where can people go um, to keep up to date online to find you to give you a job yeah, yeah. Where, where online um, can people I'm I'm uh, I'm not totally uh, great at being online but I'm um, I'm on Instagram and uh, LinkedIn I'm sure and <laughs> um, I have a Vimeo um, that this film will probably be released on although I'm, I guess it's going to be released by the time this podcast but um, oh, yeah. yeah it's all um, just Ramiel Petros um, so R-A-M-I-E-L um, P-E-T-R-O-S so um, yeah perfect Great. Well, thank you so much for taking some time out of the festival. We're, we're separate away from the screenings. So, I mean, you know, you missed a little bit to come talk more about this with us. But it was great. It was great learning more about um, Aziz and your background and everything. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. And um, thank you to kind of everyone at Nifty. This has been great so far. It's been a lovely festival. Seattle's awesome. And it's only halfway over when we were talking. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Amazing. Um, Thanks for listening, everybody. For more information on Nifty 2022 or other upcoming events, the talented youth, and more emerging filmmakers, check out nifty.org or find us on Facebook and Twitter at NFFTY or on Instagram and TikTok at Nifty Film. And for more podcasts from Partyfish Media, search Partyfish Media wherever you listen to podcasts or check out our website at partyfish.media. Partyfish Media acknowledges that it operates and records on indigenous Duwamish and Puget Sound Coast Salish land that is still home to the Duwamish tribe. This land is stolen in violation of the Point Elliot Treaty of 1855. We are committed to uplifting the name of these lands and community members from these nations who reside alongside us. For more information on this land, its people, or ways you can help, visit duwamishtribe.org or realrentduwamish.org.